obviously uh, Christ didn't uh, endure the the pangs of hell for eternity otherwise he'd still be doing that yes but in experience all that eternity could bring in terms of God's wrath and God's punishment which is infinite yes Christ did experience yeah. Okay, let's jump in here today. Uh, we are back. Uh, what day is this? I'm sorry. I, I know what day we're recording, but this is uh, this for Wednesday. Uh, and we already are in the last week of May. Uh, next week will be June. Hard to believe, Derek. Yeah, it is. Very <laughs> difficult to believe. <laughs> I was talking to uh, Max, who's also listening in with us uh, today. He's done with his first week of his internship, and it's going well. We had a great Sunday school class. Looking forward to Wednesday night t- um, tonight. Uh, so I encourage anybody who's listening to send your children, teens, adults to Wednesday night at Grace tonight for a good service. But I said, what could we talk about with Derek uh, on the podcast for like our chit-chat session? I never am good <laughs> at the chit-chat session. So let me ask this. Okay. We've talked about your entertainment um, uh likes and dislikes in the past mm-hmm. are you do you like musicals uh movie musicals some okay what would be what would be a top tier musical that you and Pam have enjoyed or watched well i won't say so much that Pam and i have enjoyed but in the past you know i guess i really liked fiddler on the roof fiddler on the roof okay yeah. um can you do a little tevya right now you want me to sing Matchmaker? No. <laughs> do you do you no. and Pam uh, do the Jewish hat dance or the Russian hat dance? <laughs> no, but we like it. Yeah, that's cool. You know, isn't we, it? We, yeah. yeah, we like uh, programs that are associated with like the Hasidic Jews. Like oh, we yeah. Uh, yeah. just uh, recently watched a series called Thesel, Uh and it's about oh. this family called the Thesels in in Israel and. Okay. It's comical, but at the same time, it's very serious, and mm. and it and it gives you a good window into what the Jewish culture is all yeah. about. Yeah, it's amazing how central that is, even in the news with what's going on in Israel yes. this week. Yes. But, yeah. What about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? You yeah, I, when I was a youngster, I liked okay. it. I haven't seen it in many. That's years. That's one of our family favorites. Do you know that in that movie, someone gets hit with a thrown hammer? <laughs> And like Britta, well, you which should she, be familiar with yeah, that one, <laughs> which happened to me, of course. But that that Britta, as soon as she found out I got hit in the face with a hammer, uh, uh, that's the first thing she saw. I think that's really? the first thing Max said he thought of too. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, musicals. Yeah. Uh, that's a that was uh-huh. a great chit chat. <laughs> <laughs> so you voiced it five you, minutes. You know, so. <laughs> we, need, we need some people to like email in. We don't get a lot of emails. Um, people tell us. From time to time, they're listening, but we don't get any emails. So maybe this would be a good email thing to, to call in for some chit-chat questions to mm-hmm. give us a little, you know, a couple minutes. Anyway, we've done that. Uh, it Is Well is the book, and it's uh, it really is a what we would call a one-note book. Yes, it is. Because it's focused on, give us the, give us the it's subject. It's focused on the penal substitu- substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ. And, I think I can say that. Yeah, and give us, uh, we've, we've talked about it over and over, but just in case someone's just what are we talking about? Well, we just a brief understanding. Yeah. It's uh, the fact that we are owed punishment and God's wrath, but Christ, uh, but God in his love sent his son as our substitute. Substitute, Man, I'm having a problem saying that word Substitute today. is a hard word. Yeah, <laughs> a, a substitute on the cross uh, yeah. to where 
he received our punishment and ultimately we receive his righteousness. Yeah, and and what the importance of the subject to us is as important as our salvation because without a proper understanding of this doctrine, um, we're, we can't be saved. That's we, right. we must believe in this aspect of the atonement. Um, now, I say it's a one-note book because each chapter is focused on that subject, but it each takes a little, uh, a little bit of a different angle. Right. And this mm-hmm. particular, t- for today, is about the idea of, of Christ being forsaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to that in just a second, but I, wanna, I, I wrote on my notes that I wanted to have, I say, I have Derek respond to some of these quotes. Okay. In the book, so I'd like you to do that. Because as we talked about in the past on one of the shows, we said um, it's not just unbelievers or even liberal uh, Christians that are questioning this doctrine of penal substitution. It's really conservative evangelical believers that are starting mm-hmm. to recoil in disgust right. mm-hmm. at this. And and here's what they say, and I'll just read a couple of them and have you respond. Um, we shouldn't. They're basically saying we shouldn't uh, buy into this aspect, which you just explained, into the Father, into a picture of God the Father, who is ever on the verge of striking out against any who disobey His will with a rage He cannot control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Others say uh, it turns Jesus into the whipping boy who appeases the wrath of God. And then, of course, I think we've mentioned this, that it's a form of cosmic child abuse. Mm -hmm. So in response to those quotes, how can we say that the cross was not only God's doing, but it was also his design? So it was his plan and and predetermined plan to do this to his son. What about all those quotes, Derek? How do you respond to those? Well, the first thing I'd say is we have to deal with the issue of sin and the fact that God is a holy God and that all sin has to be punished. All sin has to be judged. People have heartburn with the fact uh, that Christ is our substitute because they're looking at it from a human perspective and their human sensibilities are affected. Uh, Why should one person have to suffer for another? What they're missing in this whole thing is that this is not just God being arbitrary or capricious. This is God showing or demonstrating his love. Yeah. Does it come from really a desire to define God ourselves and not allow himself and his word to define himself? Absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, society, by and large, if, if you approached most people and asked them, do you think God is a wrathful God? Now, you will have some folks who will just say that God is just some mean guy sitting up there. But most people are going to define it this way. The God that I serve in love is a loving God. Mm-hmm. But this is totally divorced of his uh, side of justice. Mm-hmm. And yet they won't... Um, afford God the uh, luxury of uh, expending his justice, Mm -hmm. whereas if they were wronged in any way, Mm -hmm. they would want to exact their pound of flesh. Yeah, Yeah. a good good start. Now let's let's shift to the the main point of this particular chapter, which is uh, Jesus forsaken by God. Now we've talked often about the providence of God 
in in our teaching. Like so many times we don't talk about it, but you'll be teaching on something in Sunday school and then it just happens to be an aspect of the message that I can call back to Sunday school and just God works those things out. Well, Sunday night we were talking about um, God's ever presence mm-hmm. and can can even can people are people in hell really separated from God, right? Because um, if God is everywhere, even Psalm one thirty nine says He is in Sheol, um, and God cannot. It's not like God is prohibited from going to hell because He's infinite and present everywhere. And then Max uh, asked the question Sunday night. Well, then what would we say about the the cross when Christ was forsaken. What what did he exactly experience? And then we read this chapter, right? Mm-hmm. And it's answering mm-hmm. that question. I was really blessed by it. It it comes from the quote on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which Jesus actually speaks in Aramaic, Eloi, Eloi, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's like mm-hmm. his guttural heart language. Right. He's crying out to God, and it's a quotation from Psalm 22, um, which David wrote, and there is no context in David's life where that is... Can be you know we don't know where he would have said that or or meant that, so we see it as prophetic, right? It's a messianic psalm, which predicts exactly what Christ would experience and even say. So Jesus is forsaken by God. Where do we want to start? We maybe we did too much chit chat. We shouldn't have talked about Fiddler on the Roof and Seven Brides <laughs> for Seven Brothers because we're already half done. Okay. Where do you want to start with that thought? And and what? What about, let's not go in necessarily a linear fashion today. What about the chapter, and Jesus is being forsaken, do you want to get across to people that struck you in an interesting way or a profound? Well, the, the thing that immediately comes to my mind, and I think the book even bears this out, is that uh, this uh, his being forsaken literally meant that he was abandoned. Mm-hmm. But we need to put that in context uh, I think Max uh, was asking that question uh, Sunday night, and I don't want to speak for him, but I think you were mentioning the fact that was there a true separation between Christ and the Father? Were we, was that what you were saying, Max? More or less? Okay. And I, I mentioned the word Sunday night, and I wasn't just trying to throw a big word out there, but uh, we have to understand that the separation that took place was not ontological. And what I mean by that is being. God does not cease to be who he is, and therefore the triune God is never separated. So we know that Christ wasn't separated from Father in that in the Father in that way. But he was separated in the sense that now the Lord is looking upon him as having committed those sins that we've committed in an infinite fashion, and therefore he had to be punished in an infinite way. So in that way, he was separated from uh, from his father, or his father was separated from him in that his father could not look upon those sins. I hope I haven't said too much. No, no. I, I mean, I love hearing you explain those things because they make so much sense. Uh, what about the... Um, I thought what we said about hell on Sunday night in our Bible study here was that you, you're you not separated from God in hell, but you're separated from his favor right. or blessing. Mm-hmm. And there was a line in the chapter that said, um, 
Jesus's abandonment, we usually think of forsaken as someone leaving us. Right. Okay, they're, they're mm-hmm. absent mm-hmm. from us. We are forsaken. In fact, it's in 2 Timothy 4.10 when it says, Demas has left me. Uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. It's the idea of not being present. But he also says it's not just that he's the absence of his favor. It's also the infliction of his wrath. Mm. Yes. So there is something yes. present yes. with him, yes. but it's also a forsaken. Did that mm-hmm. did that strike you in an interesting way? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mentioned another word. I'm not just trying to use big words. We like your big on words. the podcast, but uh, the reform reformers had a word or a phrase, Deus absconditus, and what it meant was the hidden God. Yeah. And we as believers even experience the hidden God where we do not sense his immediate presence as though we're all alone. But my question to you is this, is he still there? Yes, he is. And in, in that sense, he was still there with his son. But again, he was separated from him and that his son was not experiencing any of the favor that God uh, would normally bestow uh, in the same way that we as believers, there the times when the Lord will step back and we just don't sense his presence at all, yeah. but he's still there. Yeah, and not only is the favor absent, but his displeasure is present. Right. And that's what Christ was experiencing. I thought it was interesting, just a quick side, um, that he was abandoned by everybody, forsaken yes. by everybody, mm-hmm. yet he was quiet until mm. he was forsaken mm. by God. Mm. I thought that was mm. a really good aspect. Like wow. he, he finally expresses himself in desperation right. when his father abandoned mm-hmm. him. Derek, one, one uh, aspect of this really jumped out to me, and I wrestled with it for a little while last night reading it. Jesus experienced spiritual death. Mm. What do you think? I, you know, I, I thought about that. Okay. And I can only give you what I think it's Please saying. Please do. Okay, again, he became a sin offering for us. It wasn't that he sinned, but it was as if he did sin. So as a result of that, the sin that came upon him separated him from his God. Mm-hmm. From a, from a human perspective, and I hope I'm saying that right, and I could be wrong, so that's no, kind no, of the way no. I, I was thinking about it. It just struck me because, okay, we always we hear about the different kinds of death. Okay, mm-hmm. there's physical death when our souls leave our body. There's spiritual death mm-hmm. when we're separated from God, and there's that. then there's that eternal death, right? The, mm-hmm. but, and and maybe, there's, maybe the eternal and spiritual death can be combined. But in is it in Revelation where it talks about this is the second death yes. when when everything right. is cast into right. the, into hell, and 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 the writer here says Jesus experienced spiritual death, and I questioned that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back to what you've said, and I think you've said it maybe even in the last episode or two episodes ago that our sin will either be pardoned or punished, right? But pardoned at the, at the cross mm-hmm. or punished in hell. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, it's either going to be punished at the cross, or punished right. in hell. exactly. So are we equating what Jesus experienced on the cross to what unbelievers experience in hell? Because what unbelievers experience in hell is called the second death. Did Jesus experience that on the cross? I would say, and I'm going to be careful here, but I would say yes. Um, I agree with you, but I just never thought about it that mm-hmm, way before. Mm-hmm. Um what and Go ahead. Jesus 
experience the second death infinitely. Right. I, and I like what the book says. I, I hope I'm, I'm getting it right because I'm quoting off the top of my head. But he says that uh, Christ suffered. Uh, get back with me. I'm going to look and, and see if I can find this. I don't want to say the wrong thing. It, it just is. It just it. is. I mean, it's a shocking thing to think that Jesus experienced spiritual death. Um, and here's how he explained it. Okay. Um, he experienced what it means for God to be opposed to the objects that are the nature, that are the, not the nature of his wrath, but the, maybe the, they're subject, subject to his wrath, right? Mm-hmm. They are, mm-hmm. Jesus experienced what it will be like for people who experience hell. Mm-hmm. But he did so in a public way. Right. We don't right. believe he went to hell. No, and suffered. No. But I, I, I found uh, what I was looking for, uh, and I put in my notes the darkness of the cross explained. Okay, uh, and he said that Christ endured eternal punishment not in extent of time, but in fullness of experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps me understand it. Obviously, uh, Christ didn't. Uh, endure the the pangs of hell for eternity otherwise he'd still be doing that yes but in experience all that eternity could bring in terms of god's wrath and god's punishment which is infinite yes christ did experience yes i was i i'm glad you said that because i think that statement summarizes it very well because a lot of times it's asked, well, why why did Jesus only have to experience the spiritual death for six hours mm-hmm. when, and specifically the three hours when the dark darkness came and God's wrath was mm-hmm. vi- physically seen, and he experienced that, whereas unbelievers have to experience the spiritual death for eternity. Mm-hmm. And I can only mm-hmm. say that because he is an infinite being, uh-huh. he was able yes. to experience yes. that. Yes. Um, and, and just to say it again, uh, he experienced... The fullness of God's wrath, not in extent, right? Not not in duration, right? But in fullness of experience. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's that's even uh, it's impossible for us yes. to fathom. Yes, you know, but we can at least appreci- appreciate the fact that he he is indeed infinite, and sin against an infinite God yes. deserves infinite punishment. When we say he was forsaken, then we're not just saying abandoned we're saying he endured that wrath yes that is yes that is due to us mm. okay so the final question then uh, well I, I again just another aside i really like what he said about you know we can in a sense we can relate to jesus's physical pain not maybe to mm-hmm. the extent but we know what it's like to experience physical pain right we know what it's like to experience emotional grief but we do not know what it's like to be utterly forsaken by right. God. Even right. unbelievers don't know right. that. And and he said, quote, friend, if you draw breath today, mm. you've not experienced mm. that, mm. right? But one day that experience will come upon unbelievers when they right. will feel that abandonment and they will, you know, as we're talking about being forsaken, they will not enjoy the favor of God's presence, but they will also feel his displeasure and his wrath for Amen. all of eternity. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to. Right. They don't have to. That's the point. And this is where I was, I was really... Um, I was taken back by the answer, even though I think I knew the answer. The, the way he kind of summarizes the end of it is says, well, why was he forsaken? Mm-hmm. Why was Jesus forsaken? 
Do you remember what the answer was without looking at your uh, book? No, I, I yeah, can't say it, I, I just I didn't expect him to word it this way. Why was he forsaken? And I thought, well, because he had to pay for sin. Or we, we would t- typically think, why was he forsaken? Well, because God can't look upon sin. Mm-hmm. And, and the answer he gave just startled me in, its, in, in joy. Because mm-hmm. the answer was, why, why was Christ forsaken? So that we who put our faith in him will not have to be forsaken. Wow. That's that's awesome. I I know that's right, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't expecting to read Mm -hmm. it, and I just thought, Mm -hmm. this is the point of the substitution. He experienced Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to experience that. Amen to that. An incredible forsaken, so we won't have to be. Galatians 3.13 says, Curses anyone who hangs on the tree, but he became a curse for us. Max is sitting here with us. Are you nodding in agreement? Does that answer your question from Sunday night, or do you have anything to add to that? No, nothing to add. Okay. Um, I think this was the best chapter so far. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really agree. appreciated I it. Agree. I I hope that those who are listening, who are believers, will be struck with that same kind of um, gratitude. He was forsaken, so we don't have to be. And I mean, it's 20 minutes, and we spent three minutes talking about stupid musicals at the start of the thing. So (laughs) it's like to dwell on this Mm. is such a great, Mm. uh, to meditate on these things is such a great uh, way to edify ourselves Mm -hmm. and to build ourselves up in the faith. So I would encourage everybody just to think about this today, what Christ experienced for you so you will not have to experience it. We'll tackle another aspect of it next time. Okay, Derek, are you ready for that? sounds good. All right, I hope you join us. And... uh, Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, today being Wednesday, we, we hope that you'll be visiting uh, your local church. If you don't have one, uh, you're more than welcome to join us here at 7 o'clock tonight. I don't know if you listen to these on Wednesday or not, but you can come to any of our services. Check out our website, uh, gracebaptistromeo.com. You can email us at gracebaptistromeo. I said gracebaptistromeo.gmail.com. That's the email. The website is gracebaptistromeo.com. Thanks for joining us. We pray you'll be blessed, and uh, Lord willing, we will. Uh, talk to you once again on Friday.